Get ready to get blitzed on the Blitz Podcast at thehuddle.com with your host, Steve Gallo and Harley Schultz. I'm your host, Steve Gallo, and this week, um, got a little change in plans. I've got a new co-host. No, I'm kidding you. I got my same old trusty sidekick, Harley Schultz, in the house. Harley, how's it going, man? Yeah, pretty good. I'm finally up from my tryptophan-induced coma, so hopefully uh, I will be able to uh, espouse some great knowledge for all of our listeners today. I did a little partaking in the tryptophan myself. I know I've been on a diet, but I hit my goal of 15 pounds Thursday morning. So, thanks. Well, you know what? Day I think morning. I hit my goal of fifteen pounds as well. Yeah, yours fifteen is, pounds of stuffing on my plate. Yeah, so yeah, yours was a different different <laughs> goal. But I hit my goal, so I was like, you know what? I'm going to treat myself and enjoy what I want to enjoy all weekend. I didn't really not have anything I didn't want. It only cost me about three pounds. Um, so I'm still going to try to stick to my diet a little bit. But I hit the fifteen pounds. I wanted to stay between ten to fifteen loss. So I'm pretty happy right now. Well, congratulations. I'm about as happy as Julio Jones owners are. Well, I was going to say, I mean, uh, as fantasy football guys, we normally don't cheer for losses, but. Yeah, right. Um, <laughs> tell you, you know who else is, I'm happy. Well, Julio Jones owners are happy. You know who else is happy? Well, uh, Antonio Brown owners? Well, yeah, that too. They're always happy. Um, uh, people who traded away Kareem Hunt after week five? Um, those, those people are probably happy too. <laughs> no, people that said that Julio Jones was their pay-to-play last week in DFS. So. Oh, who, who would have suggested Julio Jones last week? I think that you did. Um, mm-hmm. Actually, I think that that was one that I agreed with you on. So, yeah, we did. Well, okay. didn't we both agree on Kareem Hunt, though, too? <laughs> shh, shh, shh. Take the wins when you can get them. Exactly. And that's... Oh, that's this, this was a week, too, though. It's like... Uh, we we talk a lot about uh, how it's nice to identify value plays that are going to help you win games, but uh, sometimes the the obvious plays and the chalk plays are what gets it done. And uh, yep. uh, it's a this week I was definitely saved by a little chalk with the uh, Steelers because they definitely helped uh, push my push my winnings up for the week a little well, bit. And I think that Julio helps to illustrate a point. He was probably chalk for many people, right? And so, if you uh, want, if you want to you get, contra- think he was, but he really wasn't. Well, he should have been because everybody tried to be contrarian because they thought everybody else would be on him. But guess what? If you weren't on him, look at what he put up. You couldn't, you can't make that up by being contrarian. So sometimes exactly. playing the chalk, I think, is a safe hedge and win it other, win it everything else. If you sometimes if you don't play the chalk, you end up lined in chalk. There you go. That's a good one. I like that. You know what else I like? What's that? I like throwing it over to Harley Schultz, you, for this week's Blitzed Podcast News. Thank you, Steve. Following another loss, the once 5-0 Kansas City Chiefs are receiving numerous calls requesting that they bench Alex Smith in lieu of Pat Mahomes. As a Chiefs fan, I understand the frustration. However, I cannot blame Alex Smith in any manner for Kareem Hunt managing only 26 yards against a defense that had allowed an average of over 200 yards per game to opposing backs during their prior few games. 
Perhaps Hunt has hit the rookie wall. Alas, more likely, I would guess, that it is that Andy Reid has reached his coaching wall. <laughs> Robbie Anderson scored for the fifth straight game, giving him seven touchdowns on the season. This shouldn't come as a huge surprise, since he was a popular breakout candidate coming into this season. What should come as a surprise is that he has more touchdowns than consensus first-round picks Julio Jones and Michael Thomas combined. <laughs> Speaking of Julio Jones, he absolutely humiliated the Tampa Bay Buccaneers, rolling up 253 yards and two touchdowns. This performance surely led his fantasy owners to victory this past weekend. Of course, it won't really matter, since none of his owners have a mathematical chance of making the playoffs anymore, thanks to his abysmal start. <laughs> D.D. Westbrook led all Jacksonville wide receivers with six catches and 41 yards Sunday. He now has 16 targets over his first two games. Unfortunately, Westbrook has only 76 yards to show for those 16 targets. Now that is a far cry from the 200 yards he promised to deliver in his first game. Perhaps he misspoke and meant to say he would finish the season with 200 yards. With Ellen Hearn's return looming in a week or two, I'm not even sure he hits that mark. <laughs> and finally, a fight broke out between Akib Talib and Michael Crabtree on Sunday when Talib attempted for a second time to steal a chain that Crabtree wore around his neck. My first thought was that Talib mistakenly thought that his team was facing the University of Miami. However, our BPN investigative team later found out that Talib was in fact simply upset that Crabtree was in front of him in line and nabbed the last chain in stock at Kohl's on Black Friday. This has been your BPN News Update. All right, you made me chuckle with the Black Friday part. Thank you. <laughs> because there really weren't any lines in, on Black Friday. I didn't really go out early, but I did go out just, my wife and I like to go out and drive around and look at all the people that are in line and all that kind of stuff. But there actually weren't too many long lines, so I'm not sure Black Friday was as good for retailers as it expected to be. So I have a question for you since we're talking Black Friday. And I've got over 20 years of experience in the retail industry. Do you know what Black Friday what the meaning behind that is. I don't. Okay. I think a lot of people confuse Black Friday as like something bad that happened. Like that's why that's when everything gets crazy and that's why it's Black Friday. Actually, that is not what it means. Back, 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 way back in the day when people used to use pen, you write your positive numbers in black and you write your negative numbers in red. That was the signification, that date was to signify when retailers went from the red to the black for the year. So hence, Black Friday, because the Christmas season was what would put them over into the black for the year. Interesting. I, I feel like uh, this, this would be like the same thing where we'd play the uh, closing line from an episode of G.I. Joe and knowing is half the battle. There you go. Well, you know what else is half the battle? What's that? When you play DFS, knowing who to pick and who not to pick and who your value plays are. So why don't we just get right into it, jump right into DFS. Sounds good to me. Okay, first, first things first. What's the number this week? Four. For us, oh, a number of players we agree on. Um, yeah, come on. 
taking a quick look at the list of players I've chosen, I would say four. See, I wanted to say five, but I'm actually going to say three. I, I almost went with three, so <laughs> okay. There's there's one I think that we might agree upon, but I'm not totally sure. Yeah, we'll see. We'll see. I got a couple where I'm still at two, and I have to figure it out before you go. So, um, let's start you off with quarterback. Okay, quarterback this week. I'm going to pay up for Cam Newton at New Orleans. Now, if Marshawn Lattimore and Ken Crawley remain out next week, New Orleans pass defense it reverts back to the production that they showed in their first couple weeks of the season. Those first two weeks before their defense gelled, they gave up 793 yards and six passing touchdowns. We saw a little bit of that damage two weeks ago when Latimer first got knocked out uh, and uh, their opponent th- uh, threw for three touchdowns. And last week, obviously, Jared Goff took advantage of the shorthanded secondary, threw for several touchdowns against them. If both of those players were out, this defense isn't very good. You know, Cam's not my payup. He was almost my avoid because because it's on the road in New Orleans and we don't know what's happening with those players. I almost wanted to avoid it. But no, I look at the top and I'm like, okay, Tom Brady, you've got Russell Wilson and Carson Wentz. They're playing in the 830 game, so they're not on both slates. So, I, you know, I don't like to pick those guys. i got Phillip Rivers at home. He's going against Cleveland. I keep saying Cleveland's going to beat somebody. They never do. That'll probably be the game. Um, so I'm going to go with Tom Brady because I don't see how you can go wrong if you're going to pay up if you pay up for Tom Brady, even though it's in Buffalo on the road. Remember, Tyrod Taylor gave up a ton of points playing defense, and that's why he got benched initially for Mr. Peterman. Well, and I think even last week people kind of looked at Brady and they thought, well, there's so many other great matchups, it's kind of kind of easy to pass on Brady and go with someone else. But uh, Brady is consistent. Every single week he goes out there and does the same thing. He's the only quarterback in the league averaging over 300 yards per game passing right now, and I don't see any reason for that to change. And let me make it straight with you. I'm not paying up for quarterback ever, but if I have to pay up, that's where I'm paying up. Well, who are you going to stay away from then if it's not Cam Newton? (sighs) Well, there's going to be a theme, I think, at some point. I'm staying away from Matty Ice. That's one for one, or one for two, I guess. All right. Minnesota's allowed six passing touchdowns over their last eight games. Yeah, I mean, it's just there's only one other spot that I would have I was looking for. I was like, yeah, that quarterback's not good enough for me to say I'm avoiding, and that's anybody playing Jacksonville. So, um, pass defense wise, the Vikings are right there. Yeah, you know, I I think we both got burned a little bit. I think uh, at least I had Marvin Jones as a player to stay away from on Thanksgiving because he was slated to go up against Xavier Rhodes. Jones did score twice. Only one of those was in Rhodes's coverage, but nevertheless. Uh, it kind of burned me a little bit there, but uh, I, I don't trust that Matty Ice is consistent enough to throw for more than one touchdown against this defense. I would agree. And then the other thing that, you know, I'm always like, okay, they're on the road, they're at home, they're on the road, they're at home. I like teams that are at home. I don't like teams that are on the road. Julio Jones, I'm sorry, people, go back, do his splits. He's never as good at home. It's been better over the past few years. But earlier in his career, and it still holds true somewhat today, he just doesn't seem to be the same player at home for whatever reason. So against a tougher defense, I don't think he's going to be there to help Matt the way you would hope for a quarterback if you're going to pay up for somebody at 64 and 7,500. Okay, well, my value play at quarterback this week, I, I will first tell you that my reason why for choosing him 
it's not a lengthy, drawn-out ex- explanation like of what he's done against their defense and what their defense has done. Uh, my description is simply five words long. The quarterback I'm choosing as my value play this week is Brett Hundley versus Tampa Bay. And my explanation? Yes, Tampa Bay is that bad. So, you know what? I feel sad that I didn't pick him, honestly. Um, because, yes, they are that bad. They are that hurt. They are that bad. Just, yes. Um, <laughs> so, don't even listen to me. Just go with what Harley said. As long as he plays like it sounds like he's going to. I Actually, this is where I had two guys. I wasn't sure who I wanted to go with. Um, so, I've got it narrowed down to Josh McCown and Tyrod Taylor. They were my two value plays. Um, I'll tell you that I want to go with... I'll go with Tyrod knowing that New England probably puts up points and at least he has a lot of garbage time. And hopefully Peterman doesn't see the field again. I I thought about both of them. I even thought and considered a little bit towards Mitchell Trubisky as a possible Uh, value player. So did did I, but I didn't have the the stones to go there, quite honestly. Well, I I, I barely had the stones to say Brett Hundley's name after his uh, shutout against Baltimore. (laughs) And he's home. Chicago is at home this week. So that was something I I looked at it. I won't lie to you. I did look at it. You know I like my dumpster diving quarterbacks. Um, So at running back, I had a hard time coming up with somebody I love. I really did. So I'm going with somebody safe to pay up for. And I'm going to pay up for Todd Gurley. Um, I don't like that he's going on the road. They're in Arizona. Arizona played a a decent enough game this past weekend. Their defense, for some reason, doesn't seem like it's played as well as it should have this year. Um, But I just don't like – well, I'm going to stop there. I'll let you go. Who are you paying up for? Well, before I go on, I I would like to say that Arizona's defense doesn't give up a lot of rushing touchdowns, but they do give up a fair amount of receptions. Yes. The running backs, which is something that Gurley can certainly play into. Uh, that said, I'm, I'm a little hesitant there. Uh, we had an interesting segue going, though, with Mitchell Trubisky in that I'm going to pay up for Jordan Howard against San Francisco. Now, San Francisco has allowed 173 combo yards per game to opposing running backs. That number is a little down from last week when they were allowing over 180 per game. Uh, they actually gave up 100-plus yards last week, but it wasn't quite as many, so... Maybe their defense is getting a little bit better. They're still giving up 170, though. Uh, certainly, Jordan Howard is the primary offensive catalyst for the Bears, even with Mitchell Trubisky starting to feel his oats a little bit back there. I like Howard to have a big game. Okay, so this is weird. Howard's who you're paying up for. I have Howard as my value play. Ah. So we both like Howard, just... I, you know me. I look at the higher dollar amounts, and I find it hard to call sixty five hundred a pay up, but I can see it because he's there. He's sitting there in the top ten, um, and I, I didn't really love too many of the cheaper running backs. So I felt, you know what? I think what his production versus his price is where the value comes in. So that's why I have him my as my value play. Well, I guess we're going to skip over the stay aways and come back to that now because I'm going to see my value play as well. Yep. And you know what? For my value play this week. I'm not going to give a long, drawn-out explanation as to why I think this player should be taken as my value play for this week. I'm just going to give you uh, five words as an answer. Okay. Uh, those five words are, yes, Tampa Bay is that bad. Uh, <laughs> it's Jamal Williams versus Tampa Bay at $4,700, $5,700 on FanDuel. Uh, Tampa Bay is that bad. That might have to be what I send to Wit when he gives the title to our weekly you know, segment. Yes, Tampa Bay is that bad. <laughs> Okay, so here's who I'm staying away from. And maybe I'll regret it, but I'm sorry. When I looked at this, I was like, yeah, no way. Just not happening. Um, I'm staying away from Mr. Kamara. 
not paying up for that price. I'm sorry. It, you've taken out all upside, and it's become nothing but risk at that price. You know, I, I didn't put him down as my play there, but I totally agree with staying away from Alvin Kamara. Uh, I don't like Mark Ingram for that same reason. Again, it's Carolina. Yeah. They just don't give up a lot of rushing points. Uh, I went down a little bit on the ladder. Hold on. I stay away. Hold on. I've got one more that I listed because I was like, well, Kamara really may not really be somebody I should say because been so hot people may not. I also have Tevin Coleman listed, so let's see if that matches what you have. Ding, 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 ding. Yes. Tevin Coleman against Minnesota. Again, that's two for two on the stay away. It's both Atlanta Falcons versus Minnesota, both coming off of big games. I'm only going to take a half of that because I picked two. Okay. Well, no team has allowed fewer touchdowns to opposing running backs. Uh, Minnesota's given up four all season. Yeah, sounds like a bad game for the Atlanta offense. You never guess who I'm staying away from at wide receiver. Oh, my goodness. Who <laughs> are you staying away from at wide receiver? Because I bet it's the same guy I have. Uh, it's a certain guy who caught 253 yards last week. Ding, 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 ding. Yes, folks. Minnesota's defense is that good. Yeah. That's the counter counter argument to yes, Tampa Bay is that bad. Yes, Minnesota is that good. Hey, you know what? That's absolutely right. And yeah, when you look at him up there, I'm like, this is all based on what he did last week, not what's in front of him. I just can't imagine Xavier Rhodes giving up more than one touchdown to a guy named Jones in back-to-back weeks either. Oh, there you go. I mean, even if Julio went six for 105 and one touchdown, you're not really happy with that at that price. Exactly. You're getting one and a half, maybe two times at that at about right. his value at that point. And that's not what you're looking for if you're going to pay up for someone at wide receiver. Not that much. Okay, so who are you going to pay up for? I bet we agree here maybe. I'm uh, paying up for Mike Evans at Green Bay. No, nah, we don't agree. That's a, I mean, that's uh, a good play, but that's not who I have. We all saw what Antonio Brown did to this defense last week. Uh, it's Evans' turn this week. Green Bay's secondary may actually be more beat up going into this game than they were coming into the game against Pittsburgh. So, uh, yes, it's still Ryan Fitzpatrick, and yes, he's still Ryan Fitzpatrick. But uh, Tampa Bay, their defense is very, very bad. So Fitzpatrick is going to be forced to throw the ball a lot in this game. And, well, his number one receiving option is Mike Evans. Yeah, and Evans hasn't really lived up to expectations this year for, you know, year-round league. So I'm sure people would be very ecstatic to see him come around and do something nice. So I'm trying to look something up here real quick while I'm trying to stall you. Um, <laughs> so, yeah, let's see. Let's go one one less than that. There we go. There we go. I like that. Okay. So my payup is the guy that sands Julio Jones and Antonio Brown has been the hottest wide receiver for the past four weeks in the NFL. Do you know who that is? Of course you I know don't. who that is. Keenan Allen. At home against Cleveland. Um, the last four weeks, Mr. Allen, including with a bye, is the third highest scoring wide receiver. And he has accumulated 83.8 points. And that also includes a 9.4 clunker in week 10. That's how hot he has been the last two weeks. But, but, but Steve, Cleveland, aren't they supposed to be just awful? Um, they're not Tampa, but... I'm not going to say that because my wife may not like me very much. Yeah, I'm paying up for Keenan Allen. Sorry. 
Oh, you're paying up for Keenan Allen. Okay. Yes. Oh, what do you think? I was avoiding him? No, that was Julio. Uh, no, I was trying to figure out why why I, th- I thought you were trying to sell him as your stay away play. <laughs> no, Julio's my stay away. Julio's your stay away, I know. Yeah. Um do you have a value play for this weekend? Wide receiver, would you like me to go first? Did you say who you were paying up for? Mike Evans. Mike Evans, yeah. See, I'm getting old, sorry. No, we got we got confused because we went to the stay away first. So. Yeah, it did it screwed us all up, especially us old guys like me. Um I do have a value play. I have two of them. Um, the first one is so risky that I really don't know that people are going to take me seriously on it. So I'm going to give a second one, but this first one is my play that I'm going to try and match you on, okay? Okay. And I know we're not going to match. I'm sorry. I know it's a horrible matchup, but I just can't quit Josh Gordon. Interesting. I can't do it. I really can't. I'm expecting a huge comeback week. From what I mean, if you read the article, the stuff he's been through, I truly believe he's seen what he needed to see to turn his life around. And I, I see this, the writing on the wall for the, the finish to this good story that he's got going. But because people probably think I'm nuts for saying Josh Gordon against probably Casey Hayward, which I don't care. I don't. Okay. Um, I'll tell you D.D. Westbrook. I, I like D.D. Westbrook. I know we talked about him a little bit during the news. And yep. I, I like Gordon, too. Uh, I, I don't say it's crazy. I'm just more – I guess I'm more concerned about the fact that uh, Deshaun Kaiser has developed a fair rapport with Mr. Corey Coleman over there. He I may have. That, he may have. But I'm telling you, he's going to learn to love Josh. Oh, I, I think a lot of people will, as long as he can stay off the green stuff. Now, uh, my value play is also kind of a deep, deep dive here. I'm going to go with, uh, we talked a little bit about Mitchell Trubisky earlier. Well, I'm going to go with his top receiver, Dontrell Inman, yeah. versus San Francisco. You know, San Francisco stopped Doug Baldwin last week. But prior to that, they've been abused by number one wide receivers. Sterling Shepard and Larry Fitzgerald both had big yardage against them. Both Elshon Jeffrey and Des Bryant scored against them. Now, certainly Dontrell Inman is not in the same lofty atmosphere as those four receivers. But... You know, he is the default number one. He has 13 catches on 22 targets over the last three weeks, averaging just over 65 yards a game in that span. Obviously, Trubisky's looking his way. San Francisco can be beat deep. Yep. I actually like Dontrell Inman. Don't have a problem with that at all. Safer than mine, that's for sure. All right, let's do I it. I don't know about that. Let's, well, <laughs> that's true. It is Mitchell Trubisky. Um, okay. Tight end. Let's get back on the train here. Let's go with who we're paying up for. I this think, is where I think we might have another match. I agree. I think we might have two matches here. I think we could have two matches here. If we get three, then you win and I don't. But All right, I'm going to tell you right now. I'm going to pay up for Rob Gronkowski at Buffalo. You can tell me who you're paying up for. I'm going to go find a little stat to read why I'm paying up for Rob Gronkowski, okay? Well, we didn't match, unfortunately. Oh. Uh, I do like Rob Gronkowski. I almost went that route, but... Again, I decided it's Rob Gronkowski. It's it's a pretty obvious either pay or no pay for him each week. So I, I looked at the other higher-end price guys, and I went with Hunter Henry versus Cleveland. Now, Cleveland's allowed nine tight end touchdowns, including scores in four straight weeks. Uh, that's one position that Cleveland has been god-awful against for virtually the last six years. So I think he's a safer play. Uh, he's not going to cost you anywhere near as much as Gronk will. But... Uh, in, in the end, you're looking for the touchdowns, and I think Henry's a good bet to score. Okay. Um, can't Hard to deny going against that, quite honestly, especially the way that San Diego team. Oh, God, I did it again. 
Drink, drink, Harley. I said. Yeah, oh, I, I missed it even. So double drink. Dilly dilly to all of our Budweiser fans out there, I guess, right? <laughs> yes. Okay, wait a minute. Trying to find it. Trying to find it. We're, 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 we're being sent to the pit of misery. <laughs> yes. See, here's the problem when you know you read something that somebody wrote, but that person writes a lot on Twitter, then you can't find it because they got too many damn tweets. Um, hold on a second. Is that a commentary on our current president? <laughs> no, it's not. Um, <laughs> that's, yeah, hold on. <laughs> You have to throw me into a tizzy here. Um, all right, I found it. Um, it was Evan Silva, and what he says is, in Gronk's six career games that he's played in Buffalo, because he's from Buffalo, he's gone five for 109 for one, seven for 113 for one, seven for 94 with no touchdowns, five for 104 with a touchdown, seven for 109 with two touchdowns, and four for 54 with two touchdowns. So there you have it. That's why I'm saying stick Rob Gronkowski in your lineup if you're going to pay up for tight end. Well, you know, paying up for Rob Gronkowski is certainly not a bad idea any given week. Again, Buffalo's defense, not very good, uh, despite what Kansas City showed last week against them. Uh, We've seen them do badly against the run. We've seen them do badly against the pass. And and certainly uh, New England knows how to score against really anyone. But, uh, you know, the guy I'm going to stay away from is uh, also in their division, but he's going to be facing a a team that Buffalo just got done beating, and that's Austin Safarian Jenkins going against Kansas City. Now, the thing with Austin Safarian Jenkins is, even if he scores a touchdown, the league will stop the game, they'll call in from New York, and they'll disallow it. That's just what happens with Safarian Jenkins. You cannot count on any touchdown of his actually standing. You know, not that he would have scored anyways against the Kansas City team that's allowed only one tight end touchdown all season. Well, does he lead the league in overturned touchdowns? He probably does. He's got at least three, maybe four. Him or Des Bryant? I don't know. Des or De- Golden Tate. Golden Tate has had a couple of those now at the goal line that were... Yeah. Maybe one of our listeners can look that up for us and, and, and let us know. But I actually think it's probably Safarian Jenkins. I think he's had at least four. Um, the guy I'm staying away from is a guy that's pretty red hot at the tight end position. And that's one I thought we might agree on because I know that you like to um, fade guys against the Philadelphia Eagles when they're playing tight end. I'm fading Jimmy Graham. I'm not going at him against that Eagles defense. And what I think is going to be a lower-scoring game, I know it's in Seattle, we don't know how the weather will impact it, but I think it'll definitely impact the Eagles' offense, and that Eagles' defensive line is easily going to impact that Seattle offense. So, barring those touchdowns that Jimmy's had lately, I don't think he sees them this week. Well, it's interesting you mentioned the weather in that game. Uh, I, I looked up the kicker situations for this week, and uh, there's supposed to be a lot of rain in Seattle on Saturday, but Sunday is just listed as cloudy right now. It's only a 10% chance of rain during the game. So I, I'm obviously it's early on, and we can never really trust uh, weather people to tell us the truth this far in advance. Very but uh, there's at least a chance that they might be correct. Yeah. Now, I also I, I thought about going with Jimmy Graham, but at the same time, uh, I know that you don't like me choosing players that are only playing in the uh, primetime only slate because— You're right. That game's only available on FanDuel for as far as the millionaire slate goes. Uh, if that had been the case and I had chosen to employ someone from that matchup, I could have easily considered Zach Ertz against Seattle because 
the last four weeks, Seattle has been very, very bad against opposing tight ends. And the funny thing is, I had a feeling that you would cheat and do that. That's why I picked him also, because I thought that would give us somebody we could agree on. So because of the fact that he is not in both slates, I did pick another guy um, that I'm going to stay away from, just in case people want to know that. I'm staying away from Jack Doyle. Now, granted, you know what? You can run a little bit on the Jacksonville defense. It's a little bit of a funnel defense where tight ends can have some success. Here's the problem. That pass rush is nasty. And if it was another quarterback that was a little more accomplished, I might not have a problem paying a, playing a tight end against them. But I, I don't have that kind of belief in Jacoby Brissett that I want any parts of the Jacksonville, I'm sorry, of the Indy offense against that Jacksonville defense. I, I totally agree with you there. Uh, I, I thought about Doyle a little bit. Uh, my big concern with him, you, you mentioned Brissett. I, I think both of us really thought that uh, – both Brissett and Mariota would do more on offense this week against each other, seeing as how both their defenses are pretty rotten. But neither one got it going against each other. So You know what that means? Jacksonville's defense is a lot better than Tennessee's defense. <laughs> yeah. Do you know what that means? Brissett, what does that mean? Brissett's going to throw for 420 and five touchdowns this week. Maybe he'll run one in. And one. Yeah, he'll score six total touchdowns. No, I'm sorry. I can't get on with that. All right, let's see. Who are we staying away from? Uh, who am I staying away from? Yes, who are you uh, staying away from? I already mentioned I'm staying away from Austin Sparian Jenkins. Oh, crap, you did. That's not what I meant. I meant who is your value play. I don't know. I'm out of it, people. I apologize. Too much, tur- too much turkey and trick to fin and all that good stuff. So here's the interesting thing. Uh, when we talk about who we're going to choose as a value play, now, <laughs> I've really gone deep into the well this week. And and I say this because we talked a little earlier about Mitchell Trubisky. We talked a little bit about Jordan Howard. Well, you know what? I'm going to ride the coattails of that conversation. I'm choosing Adam Shaheen versus San Francisco. Yes. Uh, San Francisco has allowed a tight end touchdown in five straight games. Uh, at the start of the year, they're actually really good. Their first five games, they were number two in the league against tight ends. Since then, well, all heck has gone to a handbasket. Now, uh, you're kind of the defensive specialist here. You definitely have more insight into the defensive side of the ball than I do. Did something happen to the San San Francisco secondary or their linebacker crew that would have caused this huge shift in momentum in terms of stopping opposing tight ends? I think it's a little bit of, of everything. Um, they were without Reuben Foster for a good part of the year. They get him back, and you just you don't have the chemistry. Then they lost Solomon Thomas for a little bit. So this it's a young defense that you know they're still trying to find their way without having Navarro Bowman, who clearly has lost a step or two. Um, but he still was their emotional-type leader and, and stuff like that. So I think it's hard to come back from something like that when you're a team that's got one win on the season. You know. So, yeah, you know what? And here's the other thing. I didn't think this was the one we were going to agree on, but I have Shaheen, too. Uh, look, earlier you made air quotes that our, our listeners couldn't hear. I'm holding up my little notebook right now where you can see that I have Shaheen written I, there. I can see this, folks. I can see he's got circled there, Shaheen. And so here's the interesting thing now. It's like, yes, this is the Chicago Bears, but yes, this is the San Francisco 49ers. And so, you know, I, I, I would love, just absolutely love, if one of our Twitter followers – would post a tweet and tag both Steve and or I on it. Uh, show us a picture of your DraftKings lineup or your FanDuel lineup where you have stacked Mitchell Trubisky, Dontrell Inman, 
and Adam Shaheen, all all on your DraftKings roster together. Uh, if you can do that, that would be so damn awesome. Now, personally, wait a minute. I might have to just wait a yes. minute. You forgot somebody. I want to see him stack Jordan Howard in there too. You're talking the Voltron stack. We're going four bears. Yes, it, that kind of ruins the whole story, though. I mean, is three bears and Goldilocks? Which one's Goldilocks? Um, we might as well make Mitchell Trubisky Goldilocks since he's supposed to be the heir and the you know quarterbacks get treated like the, the that. golden child, right? Yes, the golden child. There you go. Oh boy, yeah. Someone can post me a picture of their DraftKings or FanDuel lineup with Adam Shaheen, Mitchell Trubisky, Jordan Howard, and Dontrell Inman all stacked together. That would be very, very awesome. As a worst case scenario, I will throw out a three dollar lineup with this just to see what kind of reactions I can get on social media. And maybe if somebody actually does stack that, wins the million millie maker because of it, they'll throw each of us three bucks. I would take three bucks. You know what? I would take a dollar ninety nine. You know what? No, I'm not. I'm greedy. I want a dollar per person. If okay. you stack four of them, I want four bucks. How's that? Okay. Dollar per stack, per stackable okay. person. But who are we going to pair with that? I mean, with that, with those salaries, you could actually add two number one wide receivers. Yeah. Uh, the top dollar running back, your guy Todd Gurley. <laughs> you can do a you could lot. Add the best. Best defense in the league. <laughs> hey, you know what? There was something we, we, we don't talk a lot before the show. We ask, we, we might say, hey, what are we going to talk about in the extra segment that's not DFS? And we had an idea of what we were going to talk about, but now I just had an idea. So let's just change gears 100%. Harley has no idea what I'm getting ready to throw at him. But let's talk DFS strategy when it comes to filling out your roster. How, how opposed are you to leaving money on the table. I think that you have to at least be willing to in the larger uh, tournament contests because it's a lot of times it's those deeper plays in those tournaments that get you the wins rather than the chalk plays. Now in a cash game, I, I almost never leave any cash on the table. It's, it's cash for a reason. I'm looking to match my cash to their potential and get the highest potential points at each position, the safest floor type players. Okay, fair enough. Um, so now let's let's go to the daily, not the daily, the season-long stuff that we were going to talk about. This is the final week for most people that are in 12-team leagues with setups where six teams make the playoffs, or four teams, what is it? I don't even remember, six teams, right, usually? Playoffs, playoffs. Yeah, but this is the last game of the regular season. So I want to talk about the playoffs. I know that there's some people out there that need to win to get in and stuff like that, but let's let's talk about the people that have already been to where they know they're going to be in the playoffs. And we've got studs like Julio Jones, who prior to this week, I heard people last week saying, should I bench Julio Jones? And the answer for me is normally like, um, if Julio Jones was a third, fourth, or fifth round pick, you wouldn't be benching him. But he has that top five upside that he could give you any week. So no, you don't bench Julio Jones. But what happens when you're in the playoffs and it's a one or done is different than what it is in the regular season, I think. So what happens with guys like, we'll use Julio Jones as an example, and I'll pull one out that I know is going to have a tough um, call for some of his owners coming up in weeks 15 and 16, and that's somebody like, say, DeAndre Hopkins, who in week 15 faces Jacksonville, and in week 16 faces Pittsburgh, which they showed to be human last week, or this past week, I should say, Um so maybe they won't be as scary for the championship game. But Jacksonville in Week 15, that's a week where you know you want everything right. What happens when you have a stud in a situation like that with Hopkins? 
Well, I, I think when it comes to wide receiver, at least this season, uh, Jacksonville is probably the one team on defense that I would sit my studs against. They have shown no weakness at all in the, in their secondary. I mean, it's it's been borderline record-setting, their, their defensive performance against the pass this year. And it's, I mean, yes, DeAndre Hopkins is a target hog. Yes, he catches a lot of passes in a PPR situation. It's really, really hard to bench him because no matter what the score is, Tom Savage is going to continue to pepper him with passes. But there's a couple things to factor in there. By that point in the season, Will Fuller will be back, so he'll be getting some of those touches. Uh, C.J. Fedoritz is already back. He's going to be getting some of those touches. Uh, they signed Andre Ellington uh, to assumedly be the change of pace back to Lamar Miller. He's going to get a lot of those touches in the passing game. And, again, I mean, you're not going to see DeAndre Hopkins get a lot of targets when he's going up against the likes of a Jalen Ramsey or a, a premier cornerback Uh well, Jacksonville, again, I'll use this as an example. They are the best secondary in the game right now. So if we're talking about DeAndre Hopkins versus Pittsburgh, I, I might be a little more inclined to give, give him a go, but uh, Jacksonville is really the one exception this year. And, and it's also going to depend on who your other options are because you're not going to bench DeAndre Hopkins for Dontrell Inman. No, not at all. You know That's where you have to be smart about it. But if you have a better flex option or something like that. That's where I think you have to think about it. Um, well, and that's where you look at a guy like uh, uh, one guy who you could arguably say would be an interesting play opposite him would be in that very same game, D.D. Westbrook. Yes. And, or Marquise Lee, for that matter, because Houston, well, well, Houston has been very good throwing the ball to DeAndre Hopkins. Jacksonville's defense very good against wide receivers. Houston's defense has been absolutely hideous against the pass yep so as an example i'll use that same team because this is where i rolled off quite a few wins i'm nine and two or i'll be ten and two after this week and close to if not leading the league in points but i picked up dd westbrook before he came back and i stashed him on ir because we could stash a player on ir so he came back and guess what i've got him now um i also picked up josh gordon i know a lot of people think why would you do that i was in a position where i could there's a difference if you're 5-5 five and five and fighting for a playoff spot versus you've got one locked up. You can afford not to have some of that depth where you're playing for the playoffs. Josh might be somebody that hopefully in the next week or two shows he can be relied on, and I could play him over Hopkins. So I think it really depends on what you're looking at from a depth standpoint and how your roster is constructed to make those types of decisions. But there's a fine line between being cute and making the right call. Well, and I think in both those cases, too, the, the player you're considering is a player that's going to get a fair amount of volume. Yes. I think that comes into play a lot. Westbrook has gotten, I believe, 15 targets over the last two weeks, 15 or 16. Now, that if he keeps up the 7 to 8 target thing, he's not getting 12 or 13 targets like typically what you get from DeAndre Hopkins. But there's a higher chance he's going to do something with those. Right. Than if Hopkins is being thrown at 15 times and he only catches three or four of them. Exactly. Um, who at running back? What team? What team do you not want to face if you have a stud running back going up against somebody? Well, I, I think it's obviously going to be Minnesota. Philadelphia is very, very tough to run against. I wouldn't really want to really face them. 
Uh, interestingly enough, despite the fact that Le'Veon Bell had a good night last night against them, I, I'm not keen on facing Green Bay's run defense, which, uh, assuming they get the uh, claymaker back this week, will be better than it showed this week. Uh, Arizona, as we talked a little bit about earlier, has a better run defense than they've shown the last couple weeks. So, again, I'm not keen on starting guys against them. And interestingly enough, uh, a team that we kind of picked on a little bit for their defense, Tennessee, is actually very, very good against the run. Gerald Case. Gerald Casey is one of the most underrated players in the NFL. Um, I'll say this also. I don't know that there's a stud running back. Now, remember, stud running back, there's not many of them. Three, four, five of them that I might call stud. Um, there's not a stud running back that I think I allow a matchup in the playoffs to make me sit them, simply because running backs touch the ball more. Now, if you're talking about a McCaffrey who isn't a guy that's carrying the ball a lot and you have to rely on the pass, that's a different way I look at that. But your guys like Mark Ingram, I find it hard to, to not play him because he had a tough matchup, or Todd Gurley, or Le'Veon Bell, um, or Melvin Gordon even. Those are the kind of guys, I really don't care how bad the matchup is, I'm probably still going to have to play them just because you know they're going to get enough touches. And all they need to do is convert one of those into a touchdown, even if a team hasn't given up many. It's usually worth, worth it to go that route then where you're diving at on your bench from a, a depth standpoint at the running back position. Yeah, I think that's definitely the case. And also when you just, you look at the volume of players available, as you said, there's only like four or five truly stud running backs and every team for the most part only has one, two at the most running backs that would be even considered playable most weeks yep. from a fantasy standpoint. Not like you're, you're diving for someone on a six team bye week. Uh, so it, yeah, you're, you're not, you don't have a, as large a player pool to choose from. Wide receiver, your player pool is going to be a lot deeper. So the difference between uh, DeAndre Hopkins, who was yep. probably your wide receiver one, and uh, a, a player who might be your wide receiver three, like a Jeremy Macklin, uh, who has a better matchup than that, the difference there is lesser than the difference between yep. your running back one and whatever running back might be sitting on the free agent wire. Jamison Crowder. Those Lee, like you said, are those types of players. Yes, it's the difference is much smaller. Um, Crowder helped my team a lot this week. So. <laughs> yeah, and you know what? If you owned him all season, like I have in one league, you felt the pain early, but he's he's helping out now. That's for sure. Um, I think he was. I think that injury was what was hurting him earlier in the season. Quite honestly. Well, here's hoping he can uh, stay healthy through the uh, playoffs because yes, they need all the help they can get in that wide receiver core. Uh, I mean, Josh Doxson has. Uh, been a bit of a touchdown savant, but he doesn't get enough targets or touches to really do much else for them. And uh, obviously they've lost some talent. Uh, Terrell Pryor was one of the biggest fantasy busts of the season. Uh, Ryan Grant played last week. He's playing hurt. Uh, he obviously wasn't 100%. Uh, Jordan Reed, uh, if you're in a single season league, just cut him. Nope. He's not going to play again the rest of the season. And uh, again, I apologize to everyone for the Vernon Davis uh, tout last week. Uh, little did we know that they would keep him in to play offensive tackle this week, and they would send you know, Niles Paul to run the ball in for them or uh, receive the ball for them. Yeah, you know what else? We were talking about running back, and I wanted to get this in. I'll tell you who's going to wind up burning people in the fantasy playoffs, and that's because people don't have short enough memories. Mister Hunt, Kareem Hunt is going. People yeah. are they're just they're going to be afraid to play him when they should, right? And they're going to miss, true. and then they're going to miss the big game, and then you know what's going to happen? Then they're going to chase the points, 
and then he's going to not put, not perform the way they expect him to, and then they're going to be pissed because he didn't give them what they needed. Um, he's somebody I think that if you own him, you just got to look. You you probably wouldn't be in the situation you're in if it wasn't for Hunt. So ride that ride that pony till the wheels come off, and if the wheels are off, then so be it. And you just ran out of gas and couldn't get it across the finish line. But if you're going to win it, you're not going to do it without him. You're going to need him to come through. So. That's how I look at it. Running backs, I'm not looking at matchups going into the playoffs. I'm plugging my studs and moving forward. Wide receiver, depends on the depth, and that's just how I see it. Now, quarterbacks, I mean, obviously you're not uh, rostering the expensive guys anyway. So. No, I'm not yeah, even worried no. about I, I, I think that you can, you can mix and match a quarterback down the stretch too. Obviously, if you have a consistent leader, there's, there's certain trends you have to follow. Yeah. Uh, ben Roethlisberger at home. You start him versus on the road. I'm going to try and look something up here real quick before we end the show because we're running a little bit late, but that's okay. Let me see where I stand in this league. No, that's not what I wanted to do. I'm sorry. Let's see. Power rank. Let's go here. No, dun, 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 dun. Nope. Wrong one. Bear with me, Harley. We got to get that that um music, like you said. Well, you know what? Like I said, we... uh. You said bear with me, so uh, maybe I should go over now and actually start putting together that lineup on DraftKings with all my bears in it. That is possible. That is possible. Um, Who else can I stack in that lineup? Let's see. uh, Not Tariq Cohen. Not Tariq Cohen, no. He got his – he had a great matchup last week, and he actually did decent with it, but uh, I'm not going to go that far. Maybe the bear defense. Okay. So here you go. Ready? My quarterbacks in a league where I am the fourth highest scoring team in the league, 12 teams, all experts, Case Keenum and Matthew Stafford. Stafford, uh, traditional draft format, you can get around seven, round eight, probably. Round 16. Uh, round 16, IDP. So round 16, Case was okay, a free agent. Okay, and IDP definitely around there, yeah. And Case was a free agent pickup. I was going to say, Case Keenum wasn't even drafted, so. And the only reason I have two at this point, because I only roster one all season long, I picked up Case. Last week, I think it wasn't played him, actually, was one, I didn't like the matchup, and two, just in case you lose Stafford to an injury, I still have somebody that I don't have to worry about. People went and plucked the waiver wire completely dry before the playoffs. Yeah, I'm right there with you. I mean, again, I've kind of played tag with quarterbacks all season. A lot of Josh McCown, a lot of Jacoby Brissett. uh, Had a few shares along the way of Keenum. Uh, But, I mean, for me... Mine wasn't so much by choice. I went into the season with a zero quarterback-like concept, and almost every single one of my leagues, I had Carson Wentz and Deshaun Watson. Well, Deshaun Watson got injured, so in two quarterback leagues, at least, I started to get desperate to find someone to replace him. Right. But fortunately for me, Wentz has been pretty secure all season long, and uh, I know Philadelphia's schedule gets tougher uh, down the stretch. It's certainly entering the toughest portion of their schedule. But I, I don't think I can bench once at any point right now. No, and you shouldn't. And I'll give you one more before we, we bid, bid farewell to this week. 16-team league, currently sixth highest scoring in points, and my quarterbacks are Josh McCown and Andy Dalton. Wow. So that's just proof enough that you can really still put together good teams without worrying about the quarterbacks. But what you need to worry about is tuning in to us each and every week, check us out on Twitter. Get Harley at Nuclear Harley. 
You can get me at Steve Gallo NFL. Of course, always go to iTunes, subscribe, rate, review us, say something nice, make us feel good for Christmas, all that wonderful stuff. And as always, until next week, get blitzed responsibly. Cheers. Cheers.